Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Hilchai Sanhedrin Pedekrishan begins by telling us that there's a positive commandment to appoint, ideally, in every single city in the Holy Land, or at least in every region in the Holy Land, both judges, shoiftim, and shoitrim enforcement officers. The Ramam goes into some detail that the enforcement officers were not only there to see to it that once there is a judgment, that the losing party follows the judgment. More than that, they have to take their own initiatives on behalf of the court. They, that, that's the part of the Beisden that they go to the marketplaces and they look for any type of misconduct and when needed, they will call that person to the shoiftim. Now, the Ramam begins. The first court that must be appointed, this is the ground zero, is what we call the Beisdin Hagadol, located in the Beis Amigdash. They are also referred to as the Sanhedre Gedoyla. That's a court comprised of 71 judges. The one on top, the greatest, is going to be called either the Rosh Hashiva or the Nasi. The second greatest will be, will be called either the Mishnah, that means the assistant to the head, or the Av Beisden. They, these two, the Nasi and the Av Beisden, they sit by themselves in a place where when they look, they face all of the other judges. All of the other judges sit in a semicircle. That's the Sanhedrin Gedoyla. Aside of that, they appointed, imagine, in the temple complex, including Harabayas, two other minor Sanhedrins. A minor Sanhedrin is a court comprised of 23 judges, they also have one leader of that of that basin of that Sanhedrin, and they also sit in a semicircle, and they have opposite them three rows. On each row, you have 23 Talmidim. Imagine, in other words, every Sanhedrin katana really has a total of 92 people. The 20 through the 23 members judges, and then you have three rows. On each one, you have 23 Talmidim. The Ramam explains that uh, a city, therefore, he explains, must have at least 120 people. We'll get to that number at the end, but hold on, just like a quick step back. Another detail, that from the Sanhedrin, from every Sanhedrin, you have to have two people which are called great Chachamim. Minimally, one of them has to be someone who's able to teach and to give halachic rulings in the entire oral Torah. The other one, even if he cannot on his own give on all the areas of the entire oral Torah, he has to be someone who's able to listen diligently in any area of the Torah. He's a person who knows what a question is, and he has to be a person who knows how to arrive at the right answers, at the right solutions. If a city doesn't have people of that caliber, then that city will not have a Sanhedrin Kitano, even though you will definitely appoint other Bate Dinim, which have to be comprised of three people or more in every location. And the Ramam therefore goes back and he says, why do you have to have also a minimum requirement of having 120 people in the city? Because as we just mentioned, to have a Sanhedrin Ketana and the three rows of another total 69 Talmidim, which is a total of 92, the Ramam goes through all of the other minimum requirements that are needed, both to have the court system function, as well as having other uh, certain individuals, every city has to have uh, two Gaboy Tzedakah and a third person who gives out the Tzedakah. Every city has to have at least one doctor who's also a bloodletter, one city scribe, and one teacher. And therefore, you have to have that minimum of 120 people for that city to be worthy of having from that city a appointed 
Shoftim, which will comprise of a Sanhedrin Ketana. Hilchai Sanhedrin Perek Sheni goes to the qualifications needed to be appointed as a judge, not only the qualifications needed to, to be a judge in the Sanhedrin Gedoyla, but even to be a, a judge in the Sanhedrin Ketana. And let's quickly enumerate them. First of all, we are looking for people, for men, that are both Chachamim and Nevoinim. That means that they have Chachma and Bina. These are people that have to have an extraordinary amount of knowledge in the Torah. These are people that have to possess a broad intellectual potential. That's called Bali Deya Merubin. These are people that also have to have some mastery in other intellectual disciplines. Amongst them, that Amam counts, medicine, mathematics, they have to know geometry, they have to know how to fix a calendar, they have to know astronomy, they have to know some of astrology, they also have to know some of the practices of fortune tellers and of magic and of sorcery and also the hollow teachings of Avaidazara. In other words, if someone is being tried for violating, let's say, sorcery, we need that they have members of themselves, judges themselves will know exactly what is sorcery to know whether the person is in violation or not. The Namam writes, that we have to make sure that all of the members of any Sanhedrin cannot be very old or a person who physically cannot have any children. These are people that have a certain streak of cruelty. We don't want to have a judge who never had children because we want for them to be merciful people. Now, of course, while in judgment, they're going to be judging, but they have to be people that have within them Rachmanus. The Ramam speaks about the limitations of having a king involved in a Sanhedrin. The Ramam speaks about that if you have a Beisdin of three, not of a Sanhedrin, we do not need all of the above, which is much harder to find, but at least you need to have the following seven qualifications, which is someone who possesses Chachma, someone who possesses awe of Hashem Yira, someone who is humble, someone who hates the pursuit of money accumulation, someone who loves the truth, someone who is beloved by the people, and someone who has a good name. Truth be told, that Ammam says that we find earlier on in the Chumash by Yisrael that uh, one of the other uh, titles that a judge should have is a Anshei Chayil, men of power. Men of power, that Ammam explains, not a man who knows how to exert power over others. No, 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 the opposite. It means a person who is a giver over himself. That means he's a perfect person in the observance of the mitzvahs, he's medagdic with himself, and again, the Ramam goes into people that don't have any bad repute. Um, the Ramam speaks about that even though a Beisdin must be comprised of at least three judges, by title law, one person, not as a Beisdin, but one person is allowed to render a judgment by himself, even though the Chachamim advise or they rule that you have to have with you two other people, unless you are a mumchal or rabim. If you are considered an expert and you have experience, then you are even rabbinically allowed to render a judgment by yourself still, Still, it's better for you never to sit in judgment all by yourself. Hilchai Sanhedrin Pedic Shlishi speaks now about, first, the hours in which the judges have to hold session. So there's a big difference. A minor Sanhedrin, they only have to open up, so to say, after Shachris. And they are open until the beginning of the afternoon. The Sanhedrin Gedoyla, they have to already be open in session at daybreak, which is the same time when they bring in the Beis HaMikdash the morning Tamid, and they have to be open in session until when they bring the afternoon Tamid, which is nine and a half hours into the day, approximately 3.30 p.m. 
Now, the Ramam explains that when they are open in session, it does not mean by the Sanhedrin Gedoyla that all of the 71 judges must be there. Obviously, whenever there is a specific case in which you have to have everyone's opinion, and that which happened often, as we'll learn in the later chapters, everyone was told to be there. What you always do need during these hours of court is open for there to always be there at least 23 of the 71. So if a person <coughs> has his own business that he has to take care of, he's allowed to leave. As long as prior to leaving, he looks around and he makes sure that you have 23 uh, judges aside of him. Another big rule is that you never open up a din at night. That's even dinim that are only about financial matters. But if a court began if a trial began if a case began during the day if it's if it is only of financial matters then you can conclude it at night then i from there speaks about how when you have suitable judges the shechina's mamish present in court which means not only do the people who enter there have to be there with reverence even the judges themselves they have to sit they have to be uh, wrapped in talesos and they have to conduct themselves in reverence and in the reverse, the Ramam speaks about the terrible thing of those who are in power and therefore able and appoint judges. Their responsibility never to appoint a judge that's unfit. And actually, when it says in Parshas Devarim that the words loisakiru panam bamishpat literally means do not show favoritism in judgment. Without the oral Torah, reading the words, a person erroneously will think that that Pasuk means that if you are a judge and you're, and you're ruling and you're judging, don't show favoritism. That's not the meaning of this Pasuk. This is a verse to those who appoint judges. Not, don't show favoritism towards an individual by making him, by appointing him into a judge if they are not fit. And this is tantamount to erecting a matseva. And if they actually, if there was an option of appointing someone who was fit, then it's even worse. It's like planting a matseva at the end of the chapter that Amam speaks about on the judge or the potential judge that no one should rush to be a judge. The only time a person should actually become a judge is if he becomes aware that if he will not be the one appointed, the other option is Pashat not qualified the way he is. Only then should a person allow himself, so to say, or accept the position of being a judge.